Welcome in to another edition of the Tavern to Keg podcast, episode 409. Mitch on the other side of the Zoom. Charlie here with you. Good show today. We're breaking down the trade deadline. We're talking bucks. Breaking it down. As much as we can. We're talking bucks. We'll move on to their rivals, how that impacts the East. Um, and that'll be kind of how we'll do the deadline um, because we don't need to talk about everything because you're Bucks fans. You don't care about every little detail. So, yeah, not a lot of Aaron Gordon talk on this one. Um, we'll also uh, chat about the Packers and why fans just can't be happy with the team they have, as well as is their window closing, the everlasting window that never seems to ever leave us. And then lastly, we will talk debate if uh, Marquette is a prestigious job or not, uh, based on some spicy takes from Mitch, as well as maybe a little Greg Gard in his transfer portal. So we will uh, we'll get into it all now. But before we do, Mitch, what's going on? That's a loaded question. Uh, I mean, you know, people want Mitch another stars. day. Like that's. Uh, I mean, just another day in the life. Trade deadline day is always fun. I suppose uh, spend more time on my phone than usual, probably um, when I should be keeping my, my nose to the grindstone, but uh, it's just, you gotta, you gotta keep up with, with what the hell's going on in the world. And um, I wasn't expecting anything from the bucks and we didn't really get anything and that's okay. They've, they've done their work ahead of time. And um, you know, maybe they could have waited till today to get the PJ Tucker deal done. And the casuals would have been a little bit more, excited but uh yeah i mean the bucks didn't have anything to do you know really anything to trade so this is what you know i guess there are buyouts and we'll get into that but i mean this is kind of kind of a set roster i saw one bucks fan who was mad about it but other than that i really did see a lot of people uh too upset i will ask you did you put like one of the reporters like tweets like did you get notifications because I got shams. I moved from Woj to shams because uh, my everlasting feud with Woj um, now. So now I'm yeah. a shams guy. Um, no, I, I did. I have in the past and I, I didn't. Uh, I didn't today, but it, it's nice um, for as busy I as I was with it, work. It was nice to kind of just get them just fed to me when I was like, oh, it, so-and-so got traded. It is nice. It is nice. But um, I will say that, like, at least with Woj, you get like the tweet of the trade you'll get like another quote tweet with like how great the player is. And then you'll get like the tweet 20 minutes later with his ESPN story or whatever. And it's just kind of like, give me the damn trade. Yeah. That's because he's, that's because he's a cocksucker. Um, but and that's why <laughs> Shams, Shams just gives us the facts here. And like I said, I'm a Shams guy. I, I didn't know I'd be I, a Shams guy. I don't really I like Shams. Shams got, his ass, Shams got his ass kicked a little bit today. I think by Woj. Uh, I didn't. I I know like Wob does that where he'll like do the score and whatever and break it down. But yeah, I mean, I I think that Woj is still the king. But the, there we've went over in the past about why why that's a problem that he kind of acts like a kingmaker. But yeah, I don't think anyone expected the Bucks to do anything today. They got the PJ Tucker deal done last week um, around this time on Wednesday. Um, and we talked about it then. Um, I don't know if we really have hot takes on PJ Tucker just yet. I mean, he did have that great defensive plan, Jalen Brown, that I think gave everybody some chills down the back of their spine. Like, okay, this is what he can do. I don't know if it has, I don't know if it was PJ Tucker, but Brooke Lopez is reinvigorated. They've figured out Brooke Lopez's role. So now it, it almost adds to it. It's like the Bucks kind of have an embarrassment of riches right now in the front court. And it feels good. And I think I think where the Bucks are right now, and I realized last year was the pandemic, so let's throw out last year. I feel better about the Bucks today than I did like two years ago. Like when they got Nikola Miritich, like I think we were all fired up for Miritich, but we weren't like, I don't know. I just feel like this team's chemistry, I just feel much better about this team. I, I'd assume you'd agree with me. Uh, I mean, two years ago was was a dream season, kind of. It was, yeah. It's really I mean, hard, they were, to, it's really I hard mean, to to compete, but I mean, yeah, the team they're rolling right now, and more than we've seen at any point in the last calendar year. Right. And I mean, it, it's you know, all things are pretty good. I mean, we have 
P.J. Tucker, I just saw, is doubtful for Friday night for tonight's game against the Celtics. Um, so you might – I'm guessing that, you know, he's got – well, he's got a couple nagging injuries already, um, which is a little bit concerning just because given his age and all that. But it, it, that very easily could just be we don't need him. So we're going to, you know, we don't need him until, you know, May. So we're just going to be – overly cautious with a 35 year old guy and um and that's fine um but yeah I mean the early returns for him he's had he had more than one I think just like isolated defensive possession where he's just like super um I saw a couple times in that Boston game where he's just super like active with his hands you know Mm -hmm. where like he's just he, he he's more than you ever really see in the NBA he just he just does not want the guy to get a clean look off on him and like that's just that's like I said something you don't really see in the NBA very often. And he was able to really hound Jason Tatum and make him, you know, probably not allow him get into a rhythm at any point in Wednesday night's game. No. Nope. Um, and I think he's I think he's kind of what the Bucks needed. I think if you look at this team, just a, a, a bigger guy. I mean, only six five, but he's at this point he's a he's a power forward. It's probably his natural position right now. And the Bucks are kind of missing that extra bigger body. And he's very much a switchable guy. He can guard pretty much every position on the floor. And um, yeah, it was a big movie. I mean, you didn't really give up anything for him nope. of of tremendous value. I mean, you know, people were kind of bashing John Horst for getting rid of DJ Augustine so quickly and admitting his mistake, but it's like, why? At least you're, at least you're, I, I saw a lot of that. It was, oh, that's, that's a John Hammond move to, to give out a bad contract no. and trade off of it. Listen, but it's like, at least, listen. at least you recognize that they're bad. That's no, get the fuck out of it. Just why carry dead weight? That's, that seems so right. stupid. That seems so stupid to be like, all right, yeah, we're just gonna keep this bad contract. And, I don't know. Think about it at work. When you screw something up, you if you admit you're wrong versus trying to like defend it and being like, hey, bud, play DJ more so I can like be right. I don't know. In a lot of ways, I feel like that shows a good leader to be like, all right, we're going to rid this problem right away. All right, DJ Augustine, he doesn't equal George Hill. We thought he'd equal George Hill. He didn't. We were wrong. And now, even though people who would like, hey, George Hill, and we'll talk about him in a little bit, George Hill, like, even if he was on the roster, he's been hurt all year. So it's like, I don't, you know, it's kind of a moot point. I know people want to make it into a thing, but it's kind of a moot point. And DJ Augustine just didn't work out. And that's okay. And that happens. Sports. Think about all the, think about all the bad, bad contracts that John Horse has gotten, gotten off of. Yeah. Turn them into, turn them into positive, you know, uh, contributions. Like think of, Going back to 2018-19, I mean, they got rid of John Henson and Matthew Delavadova for mm-hmm. George Hill. Yep. And um, probably somebody else I'm, I'm forgetting, you know, Thon Maker, you know, wasn't wasn't a bad contract, but they got rid of him because he apparently wanted out, which is a horrible career move. Um, obviously, in hindsight, you've got the DJ Augustine, which, you know, horrible is a little bit dramatic but he clearly wasn't a good fit and with this team i just he's not really a good fit in today's nba probably to be honest with you um but you got out of that and yeah i mean horst is has been you know pretty decent at keeping a clean cap sheet and you've got some some buyout guys and stuff that are guys that are like larry sanders is probably still getting paid that's not really his fault and yeah i mean it's he's he's done a good job of cleaning up some messes and um i think they're still under the luxury tax and now they have now they have some some wiggle room on the buyout market as well yet i think they have still have two roster spots as we speak right now so we'll see we'll see what comes of of that um you know there are some names out there Marcus aldridge is sort of sort of the big fish right now i don't think he's he's coming to milwaukee we don't have to even really entertain that but i guess you never know but um off the yeah. rivers and yeah let's let's do let's do the buyout so there's really three guys that i think are worth talking about and i i, I we can rank them we can just talk about them it's austin rivers it's otto porter 
and it maybe it's Jeff Teague. I want to get to Jeff Teague because that's a that's a bad one. And if you even think about Jabari Parker, I'll like boink you like that the meme, the <laughs> horny police. Like, no, like absolutely not. We're not we're not doing it. Don't try it. No way. Not gonna not happen. Doing it. We're not doing it. But uh Austin Rivers. So Austin Rivers is a little bit like DJ Augustine, but he's taller, right? He he's a little taller. He's not necessarily as short as DJ is. Some people are like, well, why did you get rid of DJ Augustine if you're gonna bring Austin Rivers in? Well, guess what? They need a point guard. And it seems like it's a foregone conclusion that Rivers is gonna come to Milwaukee. I said on some podcasts the last couple of days, like check in with PJ Tucker, make sure that like he's a guy, good fit, clubhouse, like. Just ensure that that's, that that's a good move to make. And yeah, I mean, he has some playoff experience. I know he's kind of a fuckboy. I know people don't exactly like him because of who his dad is. Or I don't even know if it's his dad. I think it's, what do you, what is, why do people like Austin Rivers much? I don't really know either. I think it's probably. Is the Duke thing? You know, it's probably just a combination of, you know, he probably is a little bit of a dickhead. Uh, his, his dad is the, he's the first player in NBA history to play for his father. Yep. Uh, and then his dad traded his ass. Players. Um, which is like, I, I definitely wanted to make sure I get this taken. So, uh, or this joke in, um, I, I was, I'm pretty neutral on Austin rivers, but I think what kind of puts me over the top is I just had a, a fantasy today of, you know, Austin rivers hitting a big, uh, a buzzer beater to win game seven over his daddy. And, get, and Austin giving him a nice little kick uh, or something over on the sidelines after a, after a buzzer beater. That would just be amazing if uh, if the Bucks did get him and that happened. That would be – or a middle finger. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I, probably, probably the Duke thing, probably the, uh, you know, the fact that he's, you know, probably had a lot of things given to him. And, you know, for whatever reason, the guys probably don't like that. Um, but do you mean like guys around the league don't like him or fans? No, no, no. I think it's more the fans. I think it's more fans that he rubs people the wrong way, but you're right. It's probably the Duke thing. It's it's what you mentioned. And, but he's, he's had a formidable career and it just seems like in, from what people are saying, it seems like a note. It's a foregone conclusion, quote unquote, done deal. Is that where it has got us in the trouble before with Marquette coaches that he's going to come to Milwaukee. And if that's the case, I mean, that is a great ad. And that just adds to your bench. And we were kind of talking about our bench today in a, in a chat. And, you know, it, it really looks like it's an eight-man bench with um, Bobby Portis, Pat Connaughton, P.J. Tucker. And then check in on Brent Forbes, see if he's hot. You can check in with Austin Rivers, see if he's hot. And just kind of rotate guys in and out. And so maybe it is nine or ten. But it just makes more sense than the guys you had last year the guys you had the year before these are all guys who have been there before a little bit playoff wise and that they're not old as dirt they're almost kind of meeting in the middle i mean you remember do you remember listen to our old bubble podcast i was saying how like the bucks went too far like they got guys who are now too old last year they were too young this year they're too old they need to kind of meet in the middle and i feel like they're getting closer to that middle and why i feel really confident in this bucks team well, and they're the guys off the bench are going to provide more offense, yeah, and a little bit more um, shot creation, I guess, than than what they've had in the last couple of years. I mean, you know, the bubble you had, <laughs> what was your bench? Urson, Kyle Carver, Lopez, Kyle Carver's corpse. God bless Kyle Carver, but he was, you know, I wanted him terribly, but he just wasn't. He was done. He was done. Yeah, his, his goose, his goose was cooked. It was it was over. And you had George Hill, who was probably yeah George Hill, who was like probably the only fully functional bench player. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and uh, from there it was you know you know there wasn't a whole lot to turn to, but now you've got you know Portis, who's been overall excellent. My um, guy for for what you know his role is, and uh, you had PJ Tucker, who's probably going to give you next to nothing on offense. I just I just cut would caution people that he's probably going to take like two shots a game. Um, and then Forbes, you know, the human flamethrower, he's either seven for seven or 0 for seven or worse. 
um it's literally on or off with him i mean oh yeah which is kind of nice which is kind of nice in a way because it's like okay you bring him in he shoots three threes and he misses them all or makes them all and you just kind of know whether or not you can play him but yeah, is, um, it, is it a Bryn yeah. Forbes night or not a Bryn Forbes night? That's basically what it comes down to. And then Pat is, you know, as, as mentioned in, in group chat form this morning, I mean, whether we like it or not, he's basically our sixth man. I mean, he was nah, I see. I, just, bench. I disagree. With that. I don't, I don't find him to be the sixth man. He's not the sixth. He's not the most important player on that bench. It's Bobby Portis. And yeah. Yeah. I don't disagree. I'm just, you know, I know. It depends so, on your definition of sixth man. So does sixth man is the first guy off the bench? Does Otto does, does Otto Porter do anything for you? Um, I just don't know where he fits. Like I, I have a spot for Austin Rivers. I just don't know. I mean, yeah, positions, yeah. basketball, whatever. But where, like, he cuts into Pat's minutes, that would be probably appreciated. But it doesn't seem like the Bucks are interested in that. And I don't know, like what Otto Porter. I don't know what he is anymore. Yeah, that's I mean, that's true like he, too. He, he he. I listened to some of the score in Chicago today, and you know he didn't do anything for them. No, I mean he was just he was hurt all the time, and he just obviously grossly, grossly, grossly overpaid. Um, maybe one of the worst contracts in the NBA in recent memory. Yeah, I mean the guy was making he he is or was making twenty eight million. Was that Ernie Grunfeld that did that or Garpax? I think it was Ernie Grunfeld. Uh, yeah, it was. And they got out of that yep. with Jabari um, contract. And um, Bobby Portis himself was traded from, from Chicago. To, to You're Washington right. For, and You're right. Deal. And uh, they got forget. out of that. And, and, you know, but I, I, yeah, you know, he's like, what, a 6'8", like skinny kind of. He's like he's a small forward. I mean, that's what he is. And yeah. I I guess you could always use the depth of there because I don't really think Pat Connaughton's a small forward, but he sometimes plays power forward for the Bucks, um, which I think is a problem sometimes. But he's maybe not fast enough to stay in front of shooting guards either. So I guess you got to find the right spot for him in a positionless world. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know. Otto Porter also is. And these buyout guys in general are just kind of, you know, it's never been a luxury for the Bucks until the last couple of years. And, you know, Marvin Williams was, was the big one last year. And I would say that was about as, you know, moot of, a, of an addition as, you know, he wasn't terrible. He wasn't really good, particularly good. He, he didn't seem to ever really get settled in and, you know, part of that is due to COVID and, and all that, which in my opinion, the Bucks still have a built-in excuse for what happened last year. Hell yeah, um, they do. But that's for, that's for another podcast, um, just the more I think about it. But um, I'm just tired of hearing, like, you know, Bucks topics on radio, and it's like, well, you know, um, you've come up short. You know, you, you keep running, and it's like, well, hold on. Two years ago, Toronto was pretty fucking good. Yeah. They had, they had a guy named Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, I, I know that things things unravel quickly, but that is certainly, uh, you know, there's no shame in losing Toronto, in my opinion. I know that it, it didn't go very well, and you, you were very, very close to getting to the finals. And then last year with the bubble, I mean, it was the fucking bubble. Right. I'm sorry to start using swear words, but <laughs> like, uh, do you need, do you want you me know? to tell people that there are kids in the? We got to be careful. <laughs> do we do, do we hear that? I mean, I said cocksucker at like the five minute mark, so like, I mean. It's fine. I think everybody knows well, when, when Uncle Chuck and Uncle Uncle Mitch are uh, getting on the ones and twos, cry let the kitties go hang out somewhere else. So we're we're sorry. And if if we are, uh, if kids have heard us swear, I would love to hear it because that's just funny. <laughs> yeah, um, it is. I, we could, I, I'm rambling now about. about no, it's okay. Show. I'll cut you uh, off. I'll, here, let me ask you this. Um, I'll, before I'll go to, we'll go to Jeff Teague here a second, but like. Otto Porter or Jeff Teague, for that matter. I'm not. I'm not even gonna throw Austin Rivers there. Any of those guys like scare you if they go to uh, uh, one of the rivals? So Brooklyn, Philadelphia, Miami. I don't even throw Boston in there just yet. Does that scare you at all, or are you are you okay? It's like fine. It's not gonna like you said. Bio guys no. really like that much. Yeah, of- I mean, 
Blake Griffin doesn't really scare me, so I don't know why Otto Porter would. Yep. Um, and, and by the way, I did see that. I think Drummond is getting bought out. Yeah. And him going to Cleveland or uh, Brooklyn would not scare me, but I think it gives them an, another big body um, that they probably need. Drummond, sh- I, that's a bad. Actually, that's really bad of the Cavs to not be able to trade Drummond. I don't understand how they couldn't trade Drummond. I don't really understand how the Spurs couldn't trade Aldridge. Like, I I don't get it, and well, I, I kind of backfired on them to hold these guys out, like, and not see them continue to play. Because, like, let's say Drummond, I don't know, has like a twenty and fifteen, and he's averaging, you know, he's just going off every night. Don't you think there's going to be a team that's like, all right, we're going to trade for him? Isn't that kind of what happened with Vucevic, right? Well, like, there's there's a there's an issue, Chuck. This buyout stuff is becoming a problem. I oh, think yeah. where it's like, okay, we're going to shut a guy down, thus making his trade value next to nothing. And, it, and this goes back to player empowerment too, because right. these guys tell their front offices, like, I'm fucking done playing here. So figure it out. And, you know, I'll take a buyout. I'll take less money or I'll take, you know, trade me for, for pennies on the dollar and guys get to go where they want to go play. And then you see, you know, former all-stars that, you know, are, have lost a step, but they can still provide stuff for, you know, contending teams that are already loaded on, you know, on minimum deals. And it's just kind of a problem where like, and then and conversely teams don't want to trade for them because they know they can just sign them on the buyout market. So it's, um, or they can't afford you know, and, it. And, and, they and, don't have, they and, don't have the assets, you know, they don't, you know, Brooklyn, right. right exactly. The reason Brooklyn didn't do anything today is because they don't, they just don't have any assets. They're done, you know? Yeah. They got rid it of is. everything for Harden, which which is the way it should be. But, right. you know, it's like – so then, you, you know, you're able to just go ahead and sign guys. It's the same concept of, you know, why did Kyle Lowry not get moved? I mean, because teams are either going to try to try to sign him in the offseason and, you know, sign and trade with Toronto and give them, you know, a, an average contract or something. You know, like Jimmy Butler comes to mind. He was a big – like he was a, a big example of a sign and trade where they where the Sixers got Josh Richardson back, you know, and um, that's probably what's going to happen with Lowry. It sounds like that they're just going to hang on to him. They are hanging on to him, Toronto. That is and right. Yeah. They're just going to either they're just going to let him figure out what he wants to do. If he wants to, you know, if he wants to go somewhere else, they'll just sign and trade him. Um, right. But yeah, yeah, it was the buyouts are yeah. kind of a problem. It, yeah, they are, and I think that. We we are seeing that the NBA it's it it's only, it would be a pro. I'll put it this way: if Kyle Lowry gets bought out, let's just hypothetically say if Kyle Lowry gets bought out, then I think we really have to have a deep deep conversation about what are we doing here, because yeah. the rumor was that the the Sixers would have had to give up Maxi, Thibel, and two firsts for Lowry, and if we go from that to a buyout. Now I know like front offices gas up that type of shit all the time. Right. Like they, Mm -hmm. they, that happens often. So maybe it was not that intense, but still to go from that kind of trade to be like, Oh yeah, we're just going to let Kyle Lowry choose where he wants to play. Oh wait, he decided to play for Philly. No way. He wants to go back home and try to win a ring there. Of course he does. Like that's when I think we'd say, all right, let's, we got to figure out this buyout thing. And, and, the other thing it does is it give, and the reason why I think teams like it, it gives them reprieve on contracts. They're able to be like, all right, wash your hands of that. There you go. It's all, it's over. So I think, yeah, the league has to do a better job with that. I would imagine whenever their next CBA is, they will probably come to the table and have a, have a real conversation about the buyouts. So as for the other teams in the East, none of the top teams did much, nothing really from Philly. Brooklyn, we already talked about. Real quick with Philly, do you believe – I saw a beat report. I don't even think he's a beat reporter. I think he's like a news journalist who wants to be like Woj. Was like, I know for a fact that the fact that Maury and Fertitta's relationship went poorly is why Maury doesn't have James Harden or Victor Oladipo Victor, or Victor Oladipo on his team. Do you believe that? I mean, I've yeah, I think I do. <laughs> I do. I think that Tillman Fertitta is a is a fucking. I mean, he's an asshole, right? <laughs> I mean, 
pretty much. And, and, and it sounds like that's, that's the reason they don't have any of those guys that, that Fertitta's is trying to get Daryl Morey back. And yeah. you know, that there's just, it's just a completely toxic, I guess, relationship between the two. And that's why they didn't want to play ball. And, um, but they've screwed up that hardened trade so bad. Oh yeah. I mean, they could have Ben Simmons right now. I mean, Ben Simmons, I mean, I'm not a huge Ben Simmons guy, but Ben Simmons, all you, you did that. It's like the, uh, the old lady meme, all these flavors and you chose to be salty. And it's like, if you just would have swallowed your pride, you'd have Ben Simmons who you could build around and you could build a young team going forward. Ben Simmons, John Wall, not bad, not a bad way to start. And then start looking at, to, as to other options. And instead, you got Victor Oladipo's corpse, which I, we can move to him in a second. I also should clean up the Sixers part. They wanted P.J. Tucker. They didn't want uh, Oladipo. So they wanted P.J. Tucker. They wanted James Harden. And Fertitta is now tra- traded it to the two teams that are competing with the Sixers, which is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> But you get Victor Oladipo's corpse, and it doesn't work. And you, you need to tank because – if they don't have a top four pick, I think they have to give up that pick. I don't know who to who, but they have to give up well, that pick get, if it's not top. Four. They'll get the num- they'll get the number one pick, no doubt in my mind. Oh, I mean, yeah, so it'd be very David Stern ask to give them the number well, one pick. And they get a reset with Ken Cunningham. Look, I mean, I okay. Let me just we can go back to, um, it was it was re re brought to my attention uh, today while listening to Chicago sports talk that, the, that in 2008, when the Bulls got Derrick Rose, they had a 2% chance of getting the number one pick. Yeah, I do remember and, that. And <laughs> I, it, it harkened memories of me writing an article for the, my first article for UWM post about how the NBA draft lottery is rigged and how the, how the Bulls had, you know, they got their, they got their hometown hero um, who was, you know, a generational, you know, point guard. And a team that had been just garbage since Michael Jordan left for a good, you know, 10 years. And, you know, they needed some sort of, you know, franchise altering, you know, outcome and they got it. And then you have uh, LeBron James leaves Cleveland. How many number one picks in a row do they get? You have the New Orleans Pelicans who get shafted by Anthony Davis, but here's Zion Williamson for you. How's that sound? And, you know, so here you go. Now James Harden forces his his way out of Houston, and they're they are they are a mess. Oh yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna be have as good a chance as anybody at the number one pick. So it's gonna happen. So you're saying lock in Cade Cunningham to the Rockets, okay? Probably if he's your number one pick. Yeah, I mean everybody, he's everybody's consensus number one. I kind of like Evan Mobley and Jalen Suggs better, but that's just me. Uh, uh, Murph called Cade Cunningham. What do you call him? A poor man's Lonzo? That was, <laughs> he said, that was I mean, good. look, we were quite deep in our cups. I think that Saturday. was, no, I think that was the night, that was the night before he said that. In, oh. In text. Uh, oh, you're right. He did. You're right. That was, and I not, was just, I was cracking up. That was not the, the infamous Saturday at the slate, um, which, mm. whew, well, yeah, that little old for that. Uh, but, Anyways, uh, where was I? So, yeah, Philly, Brooklyn, we, we know didn't do much. I said Victor Oladipo's corpse. I mean it. I, I mean, fine that Miami got him. I don't really think Victor Oladipo has done much. He's left me cold this year. I don't know how Victor Oladipo's slashing style with Jimmy Butler's slashing style is really going to work. Um, that would be my first question. And well, I guess we'll just see. And I, Victor Oladipo kind of feels like a guy who wants to be the man. And I don't know if Victor Oladipo is ready to admit that he's a Robin, um, and he's definitely not a Batman. Yeah, I admittedly haven't watched him a ton this year at Houston. Yeah, um, why would you want to watch Rockets? I mean, you know. right? They have they have certainly disappeared from national TV slate as they should. Um, but it's just. Yeah, I, I don't know. He, I think that the Heat culture, right? Like, I think that he's gonna, he'll probably fit in. I, I think he'll probably fall in line. I think there's nah, probably a certain right. 
Spolstra will figure it out. Jimmy, Jimmy Butler, I feel like, probably keeps a certain pecking order. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he'll probably – he'll fit right in, I think, you know. Now, that doesn't mean that – I, I would I, – I'm pretty much operating under the assumption that Miami is going to finish fourth in the East. Yeah, I think I that's they've been, fair. They've been struggling recently, but um, I think that they've – you know, they put them – and Boston kind of just, like, went backwards this yep. deadline. Um, oh, yeah, they got Evan Fournier. I which, forgot about that. Off, yeah, for two second round picks. I mean, he doesn't, you know, I'm sure their fan base is handling this trade deadline well. Um, well, I don't know how good Aaron Gordon is. I don't know if I would give up that package for Aaron Gordon. I thought, I thought what the Magic did today, <laughs> bandits. Like, you get Gary Harris, Wendell Carter, RJ Hampton, couple first round picks. I mean, it's pretty good. It's pretty good if you're Orlando. Yeah. And well, it's, uh, it's the first time that John Hammond has been allowed to tank in his, in his career. So <laughs> he's, uh, <laughs> I mean, he got excited. Honestly, that's a good point. I mean, they got, they got, they did what they were supposed to do. Right. You know what and, I mean? if you, like, and if you, and if you, and they actually it, did it. And by the way, if, if Orlando gets the number one pick, they are taking Evan Mobley. They're not fucking taking Kate Cunningham. Evan Mobley is such a John Hammond guy, it hurts. Like, the most John Hammond guy. Maybe not the most, but he's... And they'll have five centers? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, they... What? They tra- did, didn't Obama go on one of the deals? No, they still have him. Oh, God. Well, I mean, Jonathan Isaac was going to be good, and then he fucked his knee up. Like, that, that was a bummer. And, and did you worry... I, I just did this... Uh, yesterday, and I'll ask you to do it quick because we're we're long. Um, yesterday on the podcast, I said I think the team I'd want to play in the first round of the playoffs was the Atlanta Hawks. That was number one. I think number two was the Pacers. I didn't even bring up the Bulls, and I said number three was Boston, and then I went to Charlotte, New York. That was my order. Where would you fit Chicago in there now with Vucevic? Does Chicago worry you more or do you just start like, yeah, no big deal based on our conversation we had last, I think last week about guys we didn't want to see in, in with the Eastern conference contenders. I mean, I, I would probably agree that Atlanta would be the team I want to see. Yeah. The most um, Charlotte's fourth in the East right now. Holy balls. Yeah. Um, I don't want to play Charlotte, Charlotte, Charlotte will beat Charlotte, but it's going to be a grind. And I don't want to deal with a grind. I That's like Charlotte just will at least win one game and they're not supposed to. They might win two. New York's the well, same way. I don't want to deal with Tibbs for fucking five games. That's that's just – that's a lot of wear and tear when then you're going to go play either Philly, Philly Brooklyn, or, or Miami. No thanks. Yeah, I mean, Chicago doesn't really scare me that much. No. Um, I do think that Levine and Vucevic will be a nice pick and roll for them uh that'll be that'll be that would be uh i don't think coach bud could probably wrap his brain around that one (laughs) because there's gonna be i mean i I know the bucks have done a lot better at switching and you know but i'm more joking there but um that would be kind of a nightmare to defend yep but i don't know if they have the shooting around that per se um, or the, the defense, bowl, I mean, so their defense. I can't even bad. think who the, what I can't think of what their starting lineup is. Um, is it Kobe White, Zach Levine, Patrick Williams, Larry Markin, and Vucevic? Yeah, but that's I mean William. That's a big front line. I mean that. Right. That I mean you the noise you just heard was John Hammond orgasming to that that lineup. Like that's I mean, <laughs> he's like, can I go work for Chicago? Oh, Patrick um, Williams, like what six eight. Yeah, I don't know, but he is a huge wingspan. He's massive, right? Um, so well, I don't know. Do. Yeah, absolutely. NBA. Yeah, that that um, is that it does happen from time to time. The Knicks, the Knicks don't release. I, I would not want to see Boston in the first round. Oh, ah, we own Boston though. We do. Like we're, we're do we? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've we have beat Boston. We beat them in the bubble. We beat them. We've beat them a few times. I mean, they okay. So they they lost on a on a buzzer beater first game of the year, um, uh-huh. a bullshit one. 
Yeah. But they had to come back from like 25 down. Then on Wednesday, they blew a 25-point lead in about eight minutes. Yeah. Got they lucky out- to win that game. Sure. They ran out of gas. All right. I'll, I'll, I agree. I said it originally that I would Charlotte over I Boston. Just don't, I would just rather not have to deal with Kemba, Jason Tatum, yeah, and, and Jalen Brown right. in the first round. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. I was, I was, I, I overreacted there. I, I think I even said on like in the post copy or in the description, you guys can read it in like the podcast thing where I was like, I think I overreacted here. Um, and like, so. And like, what is, what is, can we, like, what is Toronto? Like, I just, they're done. It pissed me yeah. off so much because it's like, okay, the two best games you've played all season were, were in Milwaukee. That was their last, look, that was their last, like, Custer's last stand. Like, they, they beat the shit out of us twice well, and then they all got COVID and then it went down. Right. You can make, been, you can make, they've been ravished by, you can make a legitimate case that the Raptor season got screwed by COVID. I haven't seen that take out there yet, but it's common. Oh God, yeah, it's common. Well, they're gonna be like, Chuck, well, they're not even, they're not even, they're not even playing in, in Canada. Well, oh so, yeah, I mean, it'll be yeah. No, it's gonna be this whole thing about this season doesn't matter. It's you know this is this is a bullshit season, and 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 in a way we go, and but I gotta say, Mitch, like two big things that we didn't touch on with the deadline. Kelly Olenek, not in the East anymore. Massive. Guy's dirty. He <laughs> flops. He's an asshole. I'm so happy Kelly Olenek's not in the East anymore. And Norm Powell, also not in the East anymore. Massive. Yeah. Huge. Can enjoy uh, Norm Powell on my Blazers. Um, yeah, if he would have ended up somehow on like Brooklyn or something, that would have been, yeah. been sucky. Yeah, that would have been bad. That 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 would have been get, get the knife out and stab my stomach sort of thing. Um, but it, it didn't happen, so we were glad. So yeah, good deadline. We'll see what the Bucks do um, with the buyout market. We'll see if they can keep winning basketball games. Got a back to back. I don't think Giannis will play in both games. I think play Friday, take take Saturday off, get ready for that West Coast trip, which we hadn't talked about. Brutal going to be it's a little less brutal because the lakers are are shelved themselves but still it's not going to be fun yeah they'll lose that game <laughs> no that's come on mitch that's such it's a gonna, no it's going to be typical i'm telling you it's going to no, be typical it's going to be no <sighs> let me let me look at the let me look at the game so okay so it's going to be here's how it's going to go you'll beat the clippers we'll yeah. all be Clippers are I'll hot. be feeling good. Clippers are and hot. Then, they're playing well. Well, so are the Bucks, and then yeah, they're just going to let down. Two days later, against the Lakers, then you go to Portland, who's better than a lot of Bucks fans. Don't think they're very good because we beat them by a thousand points. Yeah, but, we just have their bad know. match. They they do not match up well with the Bucks. I think that's what you the best way you could say that. Probably. That's probably fair. Sacramento is, is they are what they are. And Golden yeah. State, I don't know. They're running out like a B team. Uh, right. Steph Curry has, has a tail, tailbone injury. So, oh, so geez, B could okay. be, he could, he could be back by then. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah. It's going to be, going to be a rough one, but we have a, we have a whole week yet. Yep. Or a couple of days yet, I guess. Yeah, no, the Bucks are out in LA on Monday, elite Monday night of sports. You get, you get the Elite Eight and you get Bucks Clippers. That's pretty good. Yeah. So I'll be I'll I'll be having to go to bed. <laughs> that sucks, man. That's that is the mm-hmm. worst. It the is worst. the worst. I feel I feel for you, brother. But as for the Green Bay Packers, we're not necessarily I don't know what people are feeling about the Green Bay Packers right now. I feel like Packer Nation is at a, a weird inflection point. Because, and I've, I think we've talked about this, and it's, it's so kind of ironic, is like, we did that whole rant podcast in December of like, hey, well, you got a good team. Like, trust in a good team. Yeah, you might get hurt, and we all did, but this is an awesome team. And just buy in. Just go all in. Why not? But a lot of people didn't listen. And 
they're like, all right, we still want guys. And we made a wish list of all these players that we wanted, wanted on the team. I do have a caveat for this after I'm done. And you can't be just satisfied with what you got. You, you need that shiny object. You, you can't, your eyes are just drifting. Oh, what about this guy? What about that guy? Meanwhile, the NFC North has probably gotten worse. So what are, I just don't under really stand Packer fans right now, Mitch. I'm having trouble because you had a Super Bowl roster last year. You were probably a Super Bowl team with David Bakhtiari in there. And now they're like, yeah, I, we want something new. Give us something new. We, we not want new. So do you think this is classic spoiled entitled town Packer fans? Or do you think there is a legitimate gripe? What what do, what do people want that's new? I don't know. I they want of... they want a new corn. Okay. So here's the one thing I'd caveat. Here was my caveat. They probably should have signed somebody other than Kevin King. I don't get that. My only thing is the contract is in a way where they can probably get out of it and cut Kevin King. And they might just want insurance policy. And they think if they can draft the guy they want to draft, whether that's Probably Greg Newsome, not J.C. Horn, who would be a dream, but I think they'd have to trade up to get J.C. Horn. Um, and they just want to make sure he's good. And if they, he's good, then maybe they can move on from King or they can reposition King, figure something else out for him. I'm not sure. That's the only defense I have for not, not getting a guy like Malcolm Butler, who had a pretty good year last year. Uh, there were a few other names who were better graded out in pro football focus. And Kevin King just has been average to below average. And yeah, he had a bad game against Tampa. And there were a lot of bad games against Tampa. I can't defend the Kevin King sign. I, I just can't. I mean, I, I, I get it, but I also just don't like it. And so I get that gripe. But I also don't get the gripe of like, Packers were $30 million over the cap. They were structured to get underneath and kept their own. They like the team they have. Why can't other people just like what we have on this roster? Why does every year we have to be like, all right, we got to get new talent. It's not like the Packers were seven and nine last year. If they were seven and nine last year, I guarantee you they have a, a brand new look. It's what happened last time. Brian Gunacoust was Bill Belichick before Bill Belichick. Not maybe not to that level. But that more speaks to Belichick not being able to draft for the last few years. But Gunakus was like, all right, our team has a major attitude. Like, we just were soft. We have no sort of defensive swagger. All right, we're going to bring in Preston Smith, Zadaria Smith, Adrian Amos. And who's, they signed somebody else in that, that stretch, right, in, in 2018. That, those three guys, there was somebody else that I'm missing. Was it Jimmy Graham? I don't think it was Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham, bad sign. Um, but they they addressed. It was. Yeah, was it? I thought it was the year for one before. year, wasn't he? No, he was here for two. We decided to keep him. That was a big thing. But anyways, they reinvented that defense overnight. Packers can do it if they want to, and and they might still be lurking. You don't know. Like Geron, Jaron Reed just got released from the Seahawks with a defensive defensive tackle. John Schneider, whatever. He was a starting defensive tackle this year. Who knows? Maybe they'll go after him. So I just, I don't understand this sort of like overreaction, I guess, to like, we have a long way to go. We have the NFL draft. Cuts are going to be made on June the 1st. Like we are far from over. I guarantee you there's still moves to be made especially if Rodgers gets his deal restructured. And I think maybe that's the other frustration that people have is Rodgers has, you could easily convert his money into bonus and you'd free up $20 million. They don't want to do that because they're negotiating right now with Aaron Rodgers. So what is that? And I know, and you know, I know they're kind of negotiating. We haven't heard Dick from Aaron Rodgers on social media. He's been really quiet. And And I think that says to the point of like, all right, maybe they're just trying to figure out what that Rogers deal looks like. And then once they do that, you know, maybe you do look at the second or third round of free agents, who knows, but this whole attitude that you have to have everything figured out 
I don't know, a month into this this free agency is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think that it obviously goes back to the demand of, of excellence and Super Bowl titles every single year, especially when you have, you know, one of the best quarterbacks to play the game. And it has been for 30 years. They've had that luxury and they've come up short a lot. And fans are, are obviously very, very tired of that. And yeah, I think, I think it, we've kind of hit a point this week where the Kevin King signing, while I think, I think a lot of people, I mean, it's probably 50, 50 split, honestly, where it's like, there's people, I don't think anybody's over the moon happy about it. I think that some people are with Kevin King are like, okay, so one year deal, a prove it deal. All right. That's their favorite kind of deal in the state of Wisconsin. Um, the, the one year prove it deal. Um, you hear about that all day long on sports talk radio from callers, get this guy to prove a deal. Well, he did that with Kevin King, who is, you know, about as big of a lightning rod as, as you can get with Packer football, um, on, you know, March 26th of 2021 and, um, we brought him back and, but you're right that there still is time to address that position in, in the draft primarily, but you've provided yourself a little bit of depth I suppose at that position if, if you go ahead and draft the corner early in the draft I mean then you've you've covered yourself a little bit in case you know Kevin King doesn't work out at all which is possible and you know as you lay it out he can probably be be released you know at any point um, and then I think the whole Aaron Rodgers thing is sort of bubbling up quite a bit as as we may have suspected where it's just people are there's there's a little bit of uncertainty where people just can't believe that you know why would why would the Packers begin to move on from Aaron Rodgers when he just won the MVP again and you know it's tough um, it's just it you know I I wish I knew more about the Rodgers contract and stuff like that and you know it just seems like the the Packers want to want to get his his cap number you know through rather than kick the can down the road and that scares Packer fans a lot I think because that means that change is coming sooner than they're probably ready for so it's just it's just a constant state of you know between between the NFC championship game losses and then you're you know the fact that you know you might be moving on from a, a Hall of Fame quarterback um, sooner than they're ready for the second time in our lifetimes <laughs> I think yep. is uh is um a lot to handle right now so there's a lot of a lot of angst I mean it, it, it's a little bit like Bucks fans right where it's like you know we yeah. we've we've come up short and we're we're kind of a we're a battered and bruised fan base I think everybody can make that argument with their teams but I mean it's it, it's it's certainly it just depends on how you look at it I mean would you rather be a Minnesota sports fan and have all your teams suck all the time, basically, or would you rather be a Wisconsin sports fan where you just come up short every year and, and you just get more and more pissed off because your teams can't break through and even get to the championship game. Yeah. And I mean, I, I've, I say it all the time and it's probably people are probably tired of hearing it. It's really hard to get to those to play. It's really hard to win those and get, get even there. And so the fact that you're consistently good, I don't think you should take it for granted. I still remember my dad when I was uh, staying at home after college and the Brewers had, you know, had the 2011 year and that was my senior year of, of college. So the years after were kind of shitty and he would, there would be moments in the summer where he would just kind of look at me and go, or the Brewers would fuck something up and he'd be like, I just want to watch good baseball. I just, I just want to be able to sit down and watch a good baseball game. I don't really even care if they win. I just want to watch a good team. And I think we take that for granted because we get to watch the Bucks every night. Like I had, I had a guy who I work with today who lives in Chicago was talking, asking me like, have you seen Giannis in person? And I was like, yeah, I've seen him a few times. It's amazing. Like you got to come. Like it's an otherworldly thing to do. And if you've seen Aaron Rodgers in person or Brett Favre, it's otherworldly. I get that angst and that's actually a really good perspective on like why Packer fans right now are feeling the way they are. Cause not only are they 
angry about not the free agency stuff, but also, yeah, right now the writing is starting to, to kind of develop on the wall that maybe, yeah, in two years, Green Bay just wants, they want the whole buffet. They want the buffet to be open, whether it is move on from Aaron Rodgers, um, move on from everybody and just completely restart this team or because we know that massive TV deals coming. We want to have like, we still want to be at the buffet table with our guys, but then we can sign other guys if we want and we can add because we have X amount of dollars, even though everybody else in the league is going to have that same pool of money. So I don't know. But the angst thing is a really good point. I didn't, I guess I didn't consider it that way. And you, you have softened me a little bit on my, why is everybody so mad right now? So I, I appreciate that. I think that was, that's good on you. And we'll just sort of see what happens. Knowing our podcast look and knowing, knowing how things go, the, uh, the Bucks will leak uh, the Rogers signing on like, right as the sweet 16 gets going much similar to uh, Steve Wojciechowski getting let go uh, right after the NCAA tournament had started, an elite news drop. And I know it's the, it's belated. You guys are like, guys, this was a week ago. Why are you talking about this? Well, it's an interesting conversation brought up among friends that uh, Marquette really isn't an elite job. That's not a prestigious job. And my friend Mitch would like you to know that he doesn't, he doesn't have all the details. He's not a he's not a huge college hoop said, but he doesn't believe it's a prestigious uh, job in the coaching carousel ranks. And I will now give Mitch the floor. I mean, I just yeah, you're right. I, I don't I don't I, I guess where I guess I would have to ask you where do you yeah go ahead. where do you see Marquette? At, you know, I get it's a Big East program. Yeah. Um. I guess that, that they have that going for them. Dude. The Big East today is not what it was ten years ago. Sure, but um, they rate to interject. They they are one of the highest rated Big East teams. They get a lot of eyeballs on them. Proceed though. They won a championship in 1977, and yep. I bet you know. I, I mean, that was a, quite a while ago. Um, I think that you could say that that is worn off. Um, I, I, you know, they, they do have that, you know, I, the Bucks won the title in 1971 and I don't really even care because I wasn't even close to being around. So I don't, I don't, I try not to even reference it. So in like, so it was a long time ago. Um, I, I just, what makes, they haven't even won a tournament game in what, 10 years? No, it's been a it's been a little little while before that. No, you're right. It actually might be ten years. Shit, but but you got to okay. So here's the thing. like, what makes you think you're getting Porter Moser? Oh, okay, a, a guy who could probably get any any job. If Coach K retired or dropped dead tomorrow, Porter Moser is probably taking is probably getting the Duke job. He's getting no. offered it. No, he's not. He's don't be don't be ridiculous. He he isn't that he isn't at that Brad Stevens level. He's yet. the hottest name in the country. Sure, but he's not getting like Texas. If Texas open, if Shaka Smart gets fired tomorrow, he's not getting Texas calling down his door. I'd be shocked. Maybe, maybe he is. I don't know. I just I don't think he's that ascended to that level because he's a little older. He's seven. He's seventeen just- years in. He was a failed coach. He went to basically be an assistant for Rick Majerus, Marquette alum, mind you. Um, mm-hmm. And Rick sort of, <laughs> Rick, what did you say? I said, uh-huh, and I giggled. And Rick, I, taught, I know what Rick, you're doing. Rick taught him everything he knew. And he, was, he works at a, Je- he's at a Jesuit school. He knows what a private school is like, a private institution. Loves Chicago, apparently. Marquette is basically Chicago North at times. Um, and <laughs> I can't disagree with that at all. No, no, Everyone no, listening to this podcast knows that. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, is like, 
I, I don't know if we're going to get Porter Moser. I'm not like uh, one of the guys I trust who tweets out about this stuff was like, pay attention to Dennis Gates. And Dennis Gates is from Cleveland State. He is a Leonard Hamilton disciple. He was a GA graduate assistant at Marquette for two years. He's best friends with Cordell Henry, Marquette legend. Marquette was going to recruit Gates, one Gates to come. They didn't have scholarship for him. Yeah, I think he ended up going to Cal instead. So the fact of the matter is, is like Gates is well-connected in Marquette, more so than Moser. And yeah. it would also be Marquette's first African-American coach. And I think that matters. And that holds a little weight. And yeah. that'd, be, that'd be cool. Well, see, I could, I could see that more than Porter Moser. I just sure. think so. It's a pipe dream, Porter Moser. I think at this, I think. So I don't. I think he's going to stay at Loyola, or you know, wait for something. Marquette can pay him three million dollars. Loyola plays at one point five right now. He can make a million and a half for just going to Marquette, for just moving ninety minutes north. And Indiana can too, but Indiana, you're dealing with all the fucking boosters. Everybody is in your ear. Do you know how much pressure it is to be the Indiana head coach? Do you, do you really know? It is literally one of the most thankless jobs in all of college sports. It's right yeah. there with Texas football. And UCLA basketball, I would equate that too. But, and I think they've calmed down a little bit with Mick Cronin, but UCLA was like that. Indiana doesn't know they're not a blue blood anymore. They are a blue blood in the sense of if you get Indiana right, holy shit, because everybody loves basketball there more than anything. It's, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. But the fact is, is like Moser would have way less stress at Marquette. He wouldn't have as much of an uphill climb to the top. He has Jay Wright to deal with and maybe Greg McDermott. Now I have no idea what's going to happen with Greg McDermott. He's in the Sweet 16. He said some really racial shit. So, and he lost the recruit because of it already. I don't know if you can keep keep Craig McDermott even with a, the first Sweet 16 appearance in Creighton's history. So that's all you got to deal with. Xavier's coach Travis Steele, he's all right, but he's not. He's nothing to write home about. He's nothing to get excited about. He would be probably the second best coach next to Jay Wright. Maybe McDermott three. If he goes to the Big East and the Big Ten, I don't know. He's he's not he's not like immediately the top top dog in the Big Ten. You got Chris Holtman, you got Brad Underwood, you got Izzo. I mean, there that's Juwan that, Howard. Juwan Howard, yeah. Juwan Howard. I mean, yeah, there are it's a really tough battle. It's an uphill climb to be at Indiana, not only with all the bullshit we just mentioned. But with the the idea of what's all around, and I, I don't yeah. think Marquette's a blue blood either. So don't get me don't get that wrong. I just think there is a level, and I think the athletes stuff. I think the NBA stuff helps too. You can in all your recruiting materials. Hey, Dwayne Wade, uh, Wes Matthews, like Jimmy Butler, like they've had premier guys come out of that school. I think that matters especially for kids today who are so obsessed with YouTube, Snapchat, whatever. That shit matters. Shit's important. Yeah. So I, I will agree with you that the, that the Indiana, I mean, you're, you haven't, you haven't explicitly said it, but you know, Indiana job is, is a little bit overrated. Yeah. I mean, the program, I mean, yeah. they're, they're another team that's, you know, but they were, I think they're more rich with history than, than Marquette is. Yeah, no, um, I'm not. I'll, I'll, I'll concede that. Yeah, for but they sure. Are, they're, they have, they're certainly on hard times. No question about that. Right? You know, the last decade um, or more, perhaps. Um, but you know, I'm like big picture. Marquette is like, if you want to talk about the, you know, are they even a top? You know, you think of the most prestigious and best basketball programs in the country, Marquette. You probably somewhere between the 30 and 50 range i think in the country you know it's not like it's probably closer to 50 i don't and i don't obviously agree. that's 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 an entire day long you know <laughs> i mean discussion 
that's but like I'm that's not, a, so we don't have to get into it no but. I, no no no. we gotta we gotta sign off here soon no but that's I, that might i might take that back i might do a little homework and and map that out and say all right and and prestige is one of those words is like it's like bobby knight so we get it full yeah, you circle. Can't define it. What what is what's a game face? What's prestige? What what does that right. look like? Is it this? Is that Very true? So um you gotta love lastly, just to really put a cherry on top, Greg Gard just shitting on transfer portals because Trevor Anderson of all people decides to go to the transfer portal. In- absolutely incredible. Just read the room, Greg Gard. You have a team of nothing next year. A bunch of young guys probably could use some transfers from the transfer portal, and he just shit down their throat. Unbelievable. Not surprised. I mean, I also love Evan Flood just carrying the water for for Greg. I mean, Evan Flood, talk about a guy who just can't suck anything other than the Wisconsin teat. Um, that that's Evan Flood right there, and I know he's made made his hay, successful guy, but. Holy shit, is he a homer? He, I mean, they, there is, there's like what I do with my stupid ass reviews, and then there's him, and I'd rather be myself. Oh, that's a good way to we're, end it. We're good. That's a great I mean, way to end it. Just throwing someone strictly under the bus then end the show. It makes me feel good. I know. Are we, are we surprised that that uh, a high ranking official in, in Wisconsin athletics is? you know, against transfer portals and one and dones and JUCOs and this, that, and the other thing. The Badgers had their way. They'd get a six, five white kid from Minnesota and, and sit him, sit his ass on the bench. till he's a senior and good and ready to play. Summer, summer wonder, why they, wonder why they don't, they don't have any fucking talent and lose in the second round every year. <laughs> I, uh, I, so I had a, uh, I love looking at my and face. Fucking toothless hillbillies and goddamn, you know, Mosinee just throw themselves at the Badgers like it's you know. Well, right, they suck out the teeth. Like they're the greatest basketball program in the country because they do things the right way. They suck out the teeth. You got to stop caring about that stuff. It's like we have to play. Yeah, one day, you know. But or or, and then they'll make fun of a guy like Jordan McCabe, who is a starter at fucking West Virginia this year, because he had too much. He was just a shooter, and he was, you know, all this stuff. He, he kind of broke away, and he was at in Kakana. Shout out to the ghosts. Um, but I, I do want to share this. So it's funny we were talking about this because 11 years, 10 years ago on Facebook, I said I saw some interesting tweets from Bo Ryan from a couple reporters not involved with UW. Makes me feel differently about him. He's more like Frank Martin than you will believe. I had 39 comments on a Facebook page. So, like, I'm like, what happened to the days where I could just fire off a Facebook take and just have a nice – and it was a pretty civil discussion. A lot of back and forth, a little Pat Luce involved. We had some Eric Nolte. You know, of course, right, the usual suspects. But, yeah, Bo – and I started reading through it a little bit and, like, yeah, Bo, Bo dressed down a student reporter. So, the apple doesn't fall far – far from the tree but yeah that's how it goes man do you think wisconsin's more prestigious than marquette um no okay good that i mean they're probably they're probably about the same oh get no Um, Ah, you were so close we're so hang on here Wisconsin probably is a little bit more prestigious. Oh no! Today, no. Yeah, I mean they are okay. They've been a top twenty-five team for the last fifteen years. Oh. I mean, for the overall, for the most part. I don't know. Maybe Marquette's down right now, and I'm just, I'm just have recency bias, but I don't know. I know I'm Wisconsin gonna... had a pretty, pretty, pretty unceremonious finish to their season, but I feel like. Yeah, I don't know. It's tough. I'm gonna, I'm gonna check. Wisconsin, Wisconsin is such a is such a good old boy network too that it's that I can't even fathom, you know, uh, a hot name in the country coming into, you know, because Greg Garter probably have to go have to win five games for five years in order to get fired. So it just, yeah, it, that's. <laughs> I mean, Wisconsin is just they're. 
they haven't won a championship literally since before electricity. So I don't know. Hey, that's a good question. Uh, Mitch, we were so close there, bud, but that's okay. When I check you into the third space domes, you're going to know why. It's because of this last comment. Just, just understand <laughs> if you get checked, that's why. But uh, that'll do it I for mean, us. Obviously, it's, it's, it's a good question. I mean, no, it's, and it, it's, it's just going to depend on – you're a Marquette fan, so you think Marquette, and I'm, and I'm an unbiased observer. So I'm an unbiased journalist. Yeah. When it comes to Wisconsin and Marquette. Yeah, you're 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 um, such a big J. You are the biggest big J of big I, J's. I mean, yeah, you know, that's what I try to be. <laughs> All right, that does it. We'll be back next week. Uh, we'll have Brewer opening day on Thursday. That's absolutely wild. So we'll mm-hmm. talk about that, and I'm sure a host of other things. All right. Take care, guys. Have yourself a great Friday. We're back on Monday with the Daily Tap. See ya. See ya.